Welcome, everybody, to the Wrestler Review. Finally much better, because Dylan's not fucking here. It's me, John, and new Dylan, Mike Lawrence, coming <laughs> second of three appearances here on the program. Mike, how does it feel? You're... So you're in your second, this is your second reign. This is your WrestleMania 10. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited about our subject today. Uh, live with one eye open. <laughs> keeping your muscles tight. <laughs> mm, yes. It's what's amazing about Tony Tiny Lister before we get into just, and I want to, I want to mostly just cover him as if Zeus is a real wrestler is that he really thought he was the guy from Friday. Like, he really, you could really tell that he thought he was that guy, and you're like, you're not that guy. I have the story about that. Go ahead. Oh, my God. Insider info. Bring it so on. I did a I did a roast with him. What? Yes, that is, that is correct, sir. I, of who? One of, I, I one of my jokes was Tiny Lister Jr. has an eye for talent, and the other one just kind of dangles there. Oh, um, <laughs> Did he have a sense of humor? He doesn't strike me as a guy that might. Oh, he, he was gone by the time I went up. But no, oh, that's so, good. Yeah, it's always nice when people on the dais leave mid roast. So it was uh, the the comedy store. They did uh, I I did four different Iron Sheik roasts over the years, including wow. including two in Toronto for uh, your buddy Rob Mayu's uh, Dark Comedy Festival. He did two different. I wouldn't say buddies of. Strong word. Um, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just figure all Canadians are friends. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you could call us that. I mean, what's even more interesting is the fact that they did more than one Iron Sheik roast. It's so funny. The It's also because the Iron Sheik's weird. The weird guys that run Iron Sheik's Twitter are two brothers that run a bunch of catering that live in Toronto. That's Yeah, where the, the, the Megan boys. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Also, once led, I remember once when Joe Rogan and Iron Sheik both showed up at a weed cafe to do stand up comedy. And this shows how different the world was then. Was this the underground? It was. Oh, yeah. Joe Rogan waited for Iron Sheik to be done doing stand up comedy before he went on. Do you understand how <laughs> different the world is? I mean, to be honest, Iron Sheik couldn't survive getting bumped at this age. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't even get eliminated from the gimmick battle royale. I mean, that's the best thing ever that they were like, well, who wins this? All right, who's the most hurt? He is? Okay, he wins. <laughs> no, so, so I'm doing this thing, and, and it's the Sheik, and it's like called like the Roast Rumble. And oh. so what they do is they had like a bunch of wrestlers and stuff out there. And they only did like like two minutes a piece, and then like the comics would come out and do much more time. Even though we wait, you're, te- wait you're telling me at the comedy store a bunch of comedians overran yeah. in the name of really yeah. show, show, just in case someone's there to turn it into a showcase. I'm <laughs> drunk. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, they you, you always want to show the people the most that no one paid to see. So I did ten. And always leave them wanting less is what yeah. I say. I did ten, and Buff Bagwell did two, um, <laughs> and. It was great. He was like shirtless with that big like Dr. Seuss pimp hat eating like just a pizza by himself. No. Uh, why uh, was yeah. he shirtless and eating in public? Like in private, that's wonderful. But in public shirtless eating? No. Because I need reasons to get hard. That's why. Yeah. And um, yeah, of course. I need re- I need, uh, yeah, I'm gonna need that. So, it, so they realized like, yeah, like a lot of the wrestlers and stuff weren't gonna have a lot of material. So, <laughs> so like, uh, Tiny Lister uh, goes up, and he's you know he's, he's got two minutes right, and he's not doing great. Um, 
he somehow has less jokes than wrestling moves. Uh, and uh, and then he goes, he just yells out, Debo stole your bicycle. And it gets this huge pop, right? Like, Holy shit, fucking, really? Oh, because, you know, I mean, that 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 really, we know him as Zeus. That That is his legacy. Like, that is his big role. Um, For me, he'll always be the president in Fifth Element. Or Sancho in the Santeria video. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Sorry. it's sad to think that Tony Tiny Lister, known known by millions, still probably had to audition. Probably yeah. he never he probably for the role never, of Sancho in the Santa Rita video. Yeah, exactly. He never got just offered a part. Yeah. <laughs> well, L.A. There's like five other guys that <laughs> it's just any. I mean, that's the thing about auditioning. Like, it's just you're just like, oh, who else looks like me? Oh shit! Like, oh. My favorite is, and I've had it more than once because I will, because I'm really big. I'll get occasionally brought in to be the stunt alternate casting, including one time it was me and twelve of the henchest, muscularest black men, ever. and I kept being like, "Is it this?" <laughs> Pardon me. I'm like, "Is it this role?" And they're like, "Yep, you're here for that." And I was like, "Am I like were they literally?" And it was like clearly they were just like, "We need to just see if this works with a pudgy white guy." And I'll tell you, <laughs> it did yeah. not. I did not get that part. Yeah. So, so he he does the Debo thing, and it gets this massive pop. And then he goes like, he's just he didn't write anything. He's just like ranting, and and then um, he's ranting for like twenty more seconds, and is not doing as well. And then he does the Debo line again, and it's like you know, twice in two minutes. Yeah, as we, as we will as we will see with his short in ring career, uh, diminishing returns. And he's just like, fuck this, and just walks off oh, and never yeah. came back. It was amazing. Belly room? He was a nice dude. Original, I mean, belly room, original room, or main room? It was definitely, uh, it was main room. And he was, uh, he, you know, you see wrestlers, you know, in real life and stuff. I mean, legit one of like the most jacked, like huge guys I've ever seen. Dude, dude was like fucking massive. Yeah, he's like one of those things where like you don't realize how big The Rock is. I've seen The Rock in person, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, like yeah. fuck me. That like you're like that's not human. And then you see The Big Show, and you're, The Big Show is incomprehensible. Um, but we're not here to talk about how Debo stole his bicycle or how that Friday is possibly one of the best comedies of the early '90s. We're here to talk about one of the great comedies of the late '80s, and that is. The movie No Holds Barred, ladies and gentlemen, stars Hulk Hogan, a motorcycle, and Tony Tiny Lister in that order of importance to Vince McMahon in the movie. <laughs> I know you're all thinking, John, you sound distracted. Yes, I'm putting a sling on while I'm also talking about Tony Tiny Lister, and I had to take my headphones out to do it so I can't hear if Mike is talking. Because here at the Wrestle Review, we celebrate broadcasting excellence. Here's the important thing to remember. The movie No Holds Barred comes out penned by who? Michael Lawrence. Well, penned by some jabroni writers, and Vince and Hulk Hogan were like, no, we can. No, 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 no. We will. No, 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 no. We must. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We must do better. And I remember I, one of my best friends is Dan St. Germain, and, uh, who you have a podcast with? It's called yeah. Wrestling Roast. Go check it out. It's on all things comedy. Yeah, and I wasn't doing the plug of the show, but 
I remember. But I did. <laughs> his, so his dad is a playwright, and I remember. Uh, Wait, Vince McMahon's or Dan St. Germain's? Dan St. Germain's. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, we were talking about like this, you know, history of wrestling and all that. And Dan just says, like, you know, I've always wanted to. He's like, I've. Can we actually do take a break? Take a break again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I just have a quick... I have a thing I have to do. Hi, this is Dylan Gott. At this point, Mike takes a call because he's actually a professional comedian who gets paid to write stuff versus the illiteracy of myself and John. And uh, him and John completely lose where they are in the episode. But they do circle back to where they are. I listened to this beforehand. So you're going to be annoyed for a couple seconds. But let me tell you this. They get back to where they are. All right. Thank you very much. Subscribe on Twitter and Instagram or whatever to. So he stormed out because he bombed. And, <laughs> and he said the line twice. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he was, but he was a nice guy. Like in the, the one or two <laughs> seconds I got to know, know, know him. I mean, it's funny. I'm looking at my notes, like what, what jokes I did that night. And there's just one line. It's funny when you like read stuff. From, I think this was like six years ago. Go ahead. I just had the line Forrest Shitaker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, it's an interesting uh, thing also because he's an, again, he's huge because of Friday, but it's also like No Holds Barred was ignored for 20 years. Like he came back as the, like we're doing it in reverse order. He appeared as the Z gangsta during the alliance to end Hulkamania, but no one remembered who he was. No. And what's interesting is I, I watched some interviews He's one of those. It's it's fascinating the shoot interview. Um, you get two types, right? The ones yeah. done by Hannibal, and then the good ones. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't make hey, fun I, of. I me. just wanted to take eleven minutes to ask you a question. How <laughs> this is what it sounds like if a right. yawn was a person. Hey, did you know that hepatitis C actually gives me more pep? They should call it hepatitis. Yeah, hepatitis C when old Hannibal has it. <laughs> um, no, so he, yeah, like they're either yeah people who are like just like so over stuff, you know, where they they can't even answer. Yeah, I mean, I did that, I guess. Uh, and then guys who are so in character and 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 lucky for us, uh, Tiny was was the latter. Yeah, he's very just happy to be. Well, it's again what it is is he's a an actor, so he's just happy that people care and that he's like, oh great, I can make some money doing this. Like, like, yeah, and, just, I, and, and he legit, I think, was straight out of Compton. Like, he's from like a tough. Yeah, he's from a tough neighborhood, and Conrad Thompson will be like, hey, do you want to come sign this thing? And he's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, literally, have one functioning eye his whole life. Like yeah, he was one, blind in one eye. He had one functioning eye, and I guarantee that that's why they gave him a unibrow. Is they're like, well, we got to distract from the eye. Like, <laughs> it wrong. Draws so much more attention to it. That's yeah, I guarantee that was the thought process. So basically, for those of you who don't know, and if you don't know what No Holds Barred is, why are you listening to this podcast? No Holds Barred is a movie that was written. Basically, Hulk Hogan was such a big star. Hollywood. Oh, this is what we were talking about. Yeah, because I know we did to break the play. 
So my, my buddy Dan St. Germain. Yeah, so we had to take a break there for a second, and we were just trying to come back because Mike got a job at Holly Weird. Yeah. Yeah. So he's writing uh, Jeffrey Epstein's I'm Not Dead speech. Uh-oh. <laughs> so um no, but yeah, my buddy Dan uh was talking to me and his his playwright dad about doing a play that's about the two days that Vince and Hogan hold themselves up in a hotel to write No Holds Barred, and all I would, would I would love would, to see that. All they would do is work out, write this movie, and drink cocaine. Beers, drink beers in the parking lot. They never have said cocaine, but we all know. I mean, it's cocaine. We know. We know. There, you know. Often when people say I do this, this, and this, like they often also mean sleep. Yeah, it was cocaine. Yeah, it's the interesting thing of they also do imply like we didn't really sleep. Also, at one point, uh, Hulk Hogan, and this is the best part, claims that he thought of the ending while taking a shit, which is not nearly as... He's not aware of the metaphorical gorgeousness of that statement. Uh, was that? You, I was like, go on. I was going to say, if you've never seen No Holds Barred, the bad guy is not a bad guy to anyone except for very specific people, and yet a crowd cheers when he dies. For Hulk Hogan, straight up murdering a man. Yeah, the bad guy is a network executive who is Ted Turner. The the, the movie yeah. is essentially a piece <laughs> on Ted Turner. Yeah, but he didn't like Vincent didn't know any Southern people, so they had to cast Kurt Fuller. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, Vincent didn't know any Southern people except for his entire family and brother. But he was just like, well, no. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's, it's interesting. Uh, so in this shoot interview that I watched, because yeah, it, when you watch the beginning of No Holds Barred, right, like. Bill Eadie is in it as, uh, you know, Stan Hansen's in it. There are, like, real wrestlers in this film. It will never cease to amaze me that Stan Hansen's in No Holds Barred and yet didn't wrestle in the WWF. Yeah. (laughs) Stan Hansen and Hulk Hogan are, like, actual legit friends. And it's this weird thing of why wouldn't you bring Stan Hansen in as a, especially in that mid-80s run, like, 85, the post-Piper, Stan Hansen would have been a great monster for Hogan to feud before they went crazy with the monsters. And they're like, no, they're not just tough men. Now they're... The actual embodiment of a weather situation. He was there in the 70s, right? Yes, he was there in the 70s. He was there under Backlund. With Bruno and Backlund. Okay, yeah. He was All part right. of the squad of like, well, Bal- Backlund's not drawing as a champion, so we'll have the greatest cards ever and then acknowledge that it was Backlund. Well, enough about ha- that half-blind wrestler. Let's, let's keep talk talking about, about the other half-blind wrestler. Yeah, let's talk about the somehow worse half-blind wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how bad of a wrestler you have to be where you can consider Stan Hansen the Vern Gagne? Of the the half blind wrestler genre, <laughs> yeah. So he talks about in the shoot interview I watched that he interviewed. I mean, no, he auditioned in character. That he showed up for the role of Zeus because you would think like there's that part of me like why didn't they just get someone from within the company to play Zeus if they had you know Billy? Well, because that character really required depth. You yeah. need someone. To- <laughs> yeah, you sure did. So he he's like. He did like the whole eyebrow thing. He says that he came up with the whole look and he came in like that. I guess, you know, because the character must have been so well written on the page <laughs> for him did to bring it to up, life. Do you think that Zeus, do you think Tony Tanya Lester came up with the scene where um, uh, uh, Hulk Hogan's taken in a limo and then a bunch of people are going to kill him and then he jumps out of the top of the limo and the guy shits his pants and goes, Dookie? I hope he did come up with that scene. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's like a, a second Lister rewrite where he just made everything better. Yeah, yeah, Lister. Yeah, Lister was the uh, yeah Lister was the William Goldman on this the the Goodwill Hunting of this script, which is a very inside reference, which I won't explain. But I will say this: Do you think that the best part of No Holds Barred is when uh, the Ted Turner proxy, just because a journalist is now friends with Rip, he sends a and I'm a hundred percent serious, a sexual assault squad after her, and then Hulk Hogan murders all of them using trees. <laughs> yeah, I mean the movie. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna say this. It, it, no, quite, it, it's quite shocking that a movie penned by Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon came down against sexual assault. I know, I like smart money was on. They were gonna be pro, but you know what? Yeah, this movie no holds up. Uh, this, 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 <laughs> I'm gonna do those puns every once in a while, uh, but 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 the thing about it is right, like it's basically a shittier Rocky movie, which is interesting because no of no the... no no Rocky is a shittier No Holds Barred movie. <laughs> no no no, but it's fascinating that Hogan's like big debut is in Rocky Three, which is still one of the better Rockies, and again is the best Rocky by f- Rocky One, and I'm gonna say it right now. And this is some classic wrestler review hyperbole. Is way more boring than you remember. Also, Apollo Creed's uniform is tarnished and annoying. As opposed to Rocky Three, which is the story of two men becoming friends, interracial friendship, which in uh, Philadelphia very risky. Also, um, it has Mr. T. What other movie has Mr. T? Well, I was gonna, so I was going to say, like, yeah, yeah, the first Rocky is two mongoloids in love who somehow don't kill each other. Oh, it's... no. Oh, <laughs> no one in England listens to that because that word has much more negative connotations over there. Oh, I'm, I'm very sorry then. Um, <laughs> I, 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 was, I was using that word to avoid using the other word. <laughs> it's the fun thing about traveling is you learn that the, you, like, certain words, you like, like spaz. In North America is a very like normal fine term. You use that in Britain, and people are like, "Jesus Christ!" Yeah. So in Rocky Three, you know Hogan's in it, right? He's Thunder Lips, He's and you have Mister, you have Mister T. So you can see like kind of the template of WrestleMania. Mr. You can see where Vince McMahon got the idea for the WrestleMania. Yeah, yes, but also no holds barred. And what's fascinating is that. He's got so Mr. T, you know, Clubber Lang has so much personality and then they just decided they didn't need that. <laughs> yeah. That's a brilliant Yeah, they, it, No Holds Barred is essentially Rocky 3 and Zeus's Clubber Lang minus the personality plus the overtones of assault against women that exist in both movies. Although again, yeah. Mr. T does it much more charming with the absolutely amazing, "Hey woman, hey woman, hey woman, hey woman." But it's like you were already in the better version of this, Terry. Like yeah, I mean, he wasn't the star of the better version of this. No, this is the thing you have to remember about Hulk Hogan is very interesting, and you can see why he's Vince McMahon's favorite creation is because they share the thing of if I can't have the thing, I will just make the thing, but I don't know how to make the thing, so it will be a terrible version of the thing. Which is funny because that's also Brell's plan in No Holds Bar. <laughs> <laughs> That is his literal plan of I cannot get Rip, so I'm going to start the battle, which greatest name ever, Battle of the Tough Guys. I mean, I can't believe that they haven't thought to bring that. I I can't believe that the Brawl for All 
was called the Brawl for All and not Battle of the Tough Guys. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't take place in like various steel mills. Do you, do you think Rod McMahon let them borrow his steel mill? Oh my God! Do you think that that was shot in Rod McMahon's steel mill? Oh, I hope so. Fuck, I hope I so. Hope so. <laughs> Which, which, interesting that he, the, Robert it, Mann stood there doing groceries at craft services. Vinny, what do you mean? All this, all this food's just for free. You could charge for this, Vinny. He fights a guy named Lugwrench, played by Jeep Swenson, and you know, and then they would team up later. Which, again, I think is the only connection Jeep Swenson had to Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So, for those of you who've never seen No Holds Barred, it's the Citizen Kane of wrestling movies. Um, and this is what it literally is. is Hulk Hogan is a wrestler named Rip, who is a world champion, but he has a manager and a brother that comes to the ring with him all the time, Randy, who is other acting role as he was a bank robber in Lethal Weapon 3. Um, and then uh, this guy, Ted Turner, tries to sign him to a contract. Uh, Rip is loyal. Little did they know. And then they go to a really shitty bar called the No Can- No Chance Bar on the bad side of town. And they meet Stan Hansen, who makes fun of the executives' penises size. <laughs> Teeny wangers. Teeny wangers. And then Zeus just shows up at the bar. He's quite tall. Brell is like, this is my guy. And then Brell, and then Zeus just attacks people. And then Zeus attacks Ho- uh, Rip's brother. And then they have a match in a TV studio, which results in Hogan killing two men. I, I just realized something, too, that, you know, a thing that, that movies has that uh, wrestling never has is health insurance, you know, SAG. Oh my and I, God. Feel, I feel like like Hogan picked the two wrestlers that needed health insurance the most, and that's why Bill Eady and so Stan Hansen funny. are in the film. Wow, what a fucking win for Hulk Hogan if that's the absolute truth is that they yeah, we better get uh <laughs> Mr. Magoo over there. <laughs> oh yeah, we gotta give cash to fucking still drives no eyes and fucking kid kid no heart. <laughs> no, shellfish tummy ache. <laughs> Who's is that Bill Eady is that, shellfish? Yeah, but he had like like a shellfish reaction, and that's why they replaced him with Crush. I thought it was because his heart was giving out. It's probably both, but I'm going to blame the clams. Yeah. I mean, I, what it sounds like is is that he says to people it was due to shellfish, and they were like, no, we looked at your EKG, and your heart is a glove. Um, so here's what happens. is Vince McMahon thinks that No Holds Barred is going to be a legitimizing force for him in wrestling. It is not, obviously. It is a bomb. The um, uh, fucking... Um, how do I say this? The reviews were not good, uh, and so Hulk Hogan decides to somehow in the world go, okay, now Zeus is now a real wrestler who feuds with Hogan, but they sort of feud once the movie's already not in theaters. They don't do this as a run-up. They do it basically in a run-up to the pay-per-view and home video release, which just shows Vince doesn't know how movie business works. And it's conflicting over whether or not Zeus is supposed to be the actor driven crazy by a Hulk Hogan now attacking him. Um, or Zeus is a real person who was in the movie and now he's just attacking Hulk Hogan in real life. It's very confusing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, both are, by the way, explained to be true. That's the other reason why it's confusing is both things are considered to be quote unquote canon within the world of the WWF, which is equally confusing. Well, you know, and and what's fascinating, I'm looking, I'm looking at the box office for the week that No Holds Barred came out, and WBA. let me just say this: 
1989 was a stacked fucking year for movies. Because wasn't it like Indiana Jones three? Like it's like it's fucking like it's a big boy week. Like it's like they like mm-hmm. people at a studio legitimately thought this movie had legs, and they were incorrect. Well, this is what I what something I did not realize, uh, Jonathan, was that um, Roadhouse was out at the same time as Good No Hold Hard. I mean, again. Another exceptional. Well, it's crazy that two movies that involve fighting in bars released the same week. Now, uh, Roadhouse had been out for a couple weeks, I believe, oh. but um, and so, but it is a much better version of this film. <laughs> and so you're like, and again, oh, I'll just see that. Insane. Like Roadhouse is so fucking crazy. Yeah. Other movies that were in theaters this week, yeah. So Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade came out the same day. Okay, yeah, so what's the crazy if that it was like there was some kid movie that came out that was fucking epic. You had Field of Dreams. Oh my god. So one one for the kid, one for the dad. Pet Cemetery, Major League, Rain Man. These were the top ten movies in the, the these were the movies in theaters at the time, man. We we didn't realize how fucking good we had. It. Holy shit. No one like it's part of me is actually like the reason this movie didn't catch on is that, you know, they already had a movie that was objectifying people with mental illness, Rain Man. Also, if anyone hasn't watched Rain Man recently, ooh, tough watch these days. Yeah, and I mean this is the this is the summer of Let's see. Oh, so two weeks later, fucking Batman comes out. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the okay. summer of uh, even there's better cult classic movies. You have UHF. Phenomenal. You have uh, Ghostbusters 2. Like this, yeah, so, so No Holds Barred stood no chance. Yeah. No Holds, essentially, No Holds Barred was essentially all those other movies were Rip and No Holds Barred was Zeus. Um, but yeah, so basically what we'll do is uh we should probably take a break now and then we'll cover zeus's wrestling career in the second half because i hope you guys are uh, all sat down he has three matches and then shows up a couple of times in wcw so we'll see you after the break oh dylan what a lovely break this is we're uh stopping the show to tell all of you that dylan and i have had some shit happen in our lives dylan go ahead mine's good i'm a dad now i'm going through a divorce and also i broke my body so how about you fucks Head on over to Patreon and give Mummy and Daddy, I'm Mummy, he's Daddy, some sweet, sweet cash. You get to decide what episodes we're doing. You get to uh, uh, exclusive access to episodes never released anywhere else, and we will love you. And also, um, we're fine if you don't donate to Patreon, but, like, it'd be fucking sick if you did. If you can't donate to Patreon because you're that much of a poor piece of shit loser, just subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you're using. And most importantly, probably, even if you don't fucking subscribe, just rate, rate, review us, say, oh, this is good, because there's a lot of people who don't like how political we are for some reason. So rate, subscribe, review, suck, suck, suck. Bye, bye, Welcome bye. Welcome back, everybody. hearing about whatever fucking is God, is But you it. know that because we're in a break. We're talking about the wrestling career of Tony Tiny Lister. Match one. Go ahead, Mike. So our first match. Uh, so he shows up on the Brother Love show. Of course, yes, exactly, yes. On the tonight, yeah, the Johnny Carson show of W of late nineties, <laughs> late eighties, early nineties WWE. And it needs to be said that his finishing move was just pretending to snap your neck, yeah, which they, he does. He does in the film to Rip, and Rip is fine from it. And then he does it like I think to Hogan in, <laughs> and they were you know they were. They didn't know much about films, right? 
There's no whole part is true. The understatement of the century right there is what you just said. And it's also true of the fact that the WWE owns a film studio now and they still don't know that much about film. (laughs) Yeah, but I will say they did know enough about wrestling that they were like, hey, if we're going to bring him in, we cannot have him in matches by himself. It's shocking that they actually... This is one of the few times that Vince McMahon saw a bad wrestler with a good look and actually protected themselves. Like, this is... I smell Pat Patterson took Vince in a room and went, no. Like, there's some someone interceded. Yeah. It may have been Hogan himself, quite honestly. Yeah, and so you you have the the fact that he comes in... And he's basically the continuation of the Mega Powers Explode because now this is King Ma- is it Macho King at this point or at least it's heel with Sherry Macho? It's, yeah, it's Macho King. And pretty, it's if he's not Macho King the entire time, he's Macho King for a portion. He's definitely Macho King by the time you get to SummerSlam, and he's Macho King for No Holds Barred, uh, the the match, the movie, whatever the fuck it's called. The like match, the movie, the no one watched this. Yeah. Yeah. The match, the movie, the n- no way are we recouping <laughs> on our investment. Yeah, and <laughs> so, so yeah, it's it's Hogan and and Beefcake, which you know at this time I was I was six years old, and it's like I didn't I obviously didn't know that Hogan and Beefcake were real life friends. It is the only reason you're now. About I, to find out. You're about to find out, by the way. Yeah. Zeus, is like, Zeus is such a bad wrestler, you're relieved to see Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yeah, with those like weird cut tights. Like, yeah, it's they, weird that basically, how do we show people that this guy cuts hair? Well, he's clearly cut all of his clothes. <laughs> he's like the least sexy, sexy wrestler ever. Because there's nothing beefy about him. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah, such... There's also nothing cakey about him. That's the <laughs> You're 100% right. He should be a dish. Like, we should be both swooning. The the crotch area of our trousers getting darker from pre-cum. And yet, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, we both know our penis heads dry as the Serengeti. Which on this podcast, very rare. By the way, we we just said. By the way, this is the we're only we're in the second half of our second episode, and cum has only been mentioned now. The, truly, Dylan is Dylan's absence is 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 is, is noticeable all of a sudden. Uh, well, of all the reasons uh, that people will not like me replacing their guy for three weeks, that's the best. More cum. If you don't think that that's not going to be the if that you don't think that that's not getting mentioned on the social media, you clearly don't know the fan base of this program right there. <laughs> Uh, excuse me gentlemen not nearly enough milky milky white chat um but yeah so it's the interesting thing of it's macho king it's also they put him with the best bumping heel macho king because macho king gets no respect for how fucking good he is as this this dog shit weird heel in that even though his movements are essentially the same as face randy he's just it's done dickish also his crown makes him look like such an asshole also he's great in combination with sherry yeah. It's all wonderful. No, Zeus is like the third wheel in this. It's also fascinating that they had a character named Zeus at the same time they had a character named Hercules, but they never came in contact oh with each other. Oh, my God, what an amazingly interesting point. But, of course, they couldn't. <laughs> I guarantee, and this is an awkward conversation that was, I'm sure, said by someone who worked at the company, which is, well, they're a different race, so it's two different gods. <laughs> well, he's a Hernandez. Yeah, exactly. They can't be. 
they can't be gods I'm like oh god oh no and it's and it's in, you know and it's like this is 89 there's so many roided up big muscly guys and somehow tiny lister is like the worst of them like he looks fucking well he looked he looks exactly like a hogan heel you can see why they did what they did he looks like a bad guy that would face hulk hogan there's no argument to be made there that said go ahead I was gonna say what's amazing is that like even in the film itself, all they do is punch each other. Like even in a world where you could do what you want and have a bunch of takes and there isn't a live crowd, it's still just punch, 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 kick. Again, that Vince doesn't like wrestling. That Vince wishes it was a legitimate real sport, and so he creates a movie to showcase that. And then he doesn't. Like it's so fucking bananas. What's even crazier is he created a movie to show the thing that he has made billions off of. He doesn't like. He then, to recoup money from that thing that didn't work, brings in the guy who can't do the thing that actual people can do because they <laughs> did it in a movie about the... It gets so insane. Yeah. <laughs> like if you were to, they're never going to be able to include the no-holds-barred period in the story of Vince McMahon because it's too crazy. Like people would be like, no, he didn't actually do that. And it's like, oh, all the time he did that. Yeah, but it's also... I think you can, or at least it, it will always be talked about by the fans because... Unlike like the WBF or the XFL, like these other failures that he's had throughout the years, you're not going to watch all of that. You could watch No Holds Barred. Like No Holds Barred is not a good movie. I will not even use the word film, but it is, it is a, damn entertaining. It you is know, entertaining I, and exceptional <laughs> film. P H L Y M is how I spell. <laughs> I think, like, uh, my friend Paul pointed this out, which he goes, I've accidentally made No Holds Barred my favorite movie, in that if you count it as movie, you've seen the most. He's like, I've watched that movie. He's like, I find that movie incredibly soothing. It's mental. And is, he goes, and it's the movie that any bad, any bad movie is trying to be No Holds Barred, and that No Holds Barred does have a charm that a shitload of those other movies do not. But it's, it just doesn't work on any level. Like the premise is flawed, the acting is terrible. It's phenomenal. And by the way, Tony Tiny Lister, best actor in the entire thing and also probably best actor in all of the WWF in, the, in 1989 because he's convinced at least one guy at the company he's a wrestler. And that <laughs> yeah. man It's Vince it's McMahon. amazing. I watched the final fight from No Holds Barred yesterday and the best thing that I could say about No Holds Barred and this is a true compliment is you could watch any five minutes of that film and know that you've seen it yes absolutely you know like, and but but the final fight is so great because if you just listen to the growls it's just 10 minutes of it is very, <laughs> it's a very guttural movie yeah, there's it's a very snarly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like even the dookie scene He's like the, the well, he's going, and then the guy who who's who's pooping his pants just goes, oh. but the dookie is funny, but the cry after is even where he goes, dookie. Oh, that movie's wonderful. It's fucking wonderful. So, and so Zeus debuts at the Brother Love Show. Debuts at the Brother Love Show. Does the Hulk Hogan neck snap thing a shitload of times to Hulk Hogan? A shitload yeah. of times. 
Which, 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 slightly less annoying than the Pete Dunn finger snap. Like you can't do a move that is very clear. You're not doing the thing you're doing. I mean, I yes, I do enjoy the anger that the Pete Dunn finger snap. Very recently, I don't know. It's been brought up a lot on this very program. The Pete Dunn finger snap. Oh, it's but horrible. It, it's an interesting thing, and then it goes immediately into this weird period of time for SummerSlam. And that SummerSlam, for some reason, for the first while, was always headlined by a tag team match involving the world champion, which, again, I liked. I liked when the pay-per-views, because like every pay-per-view, especially this time, like it differentiated from all of the other ones. Like It was like WrestleMania was you knew you were getting a title match. Survivor Series was the teams of five, Survivors of five. Royal Rumble, you had the Battle Royal. And then SummerSlam, it was main event is a tag team. Like it's still, it's still, You can still see that there's territory guys operating because they're like oh these are the big cards you have to have something unique for the big cards i just realized something yeah zeus was proto lesnar go ahead explain this brilliant theory sir that he made so much money doing so little he only had to work the big pay-per-views he didn't have to make the towns he he didn't he wasn't even in like squash matches and stuff. He just did like whatever they asked showed him. Up on the, showed up on the Brother Love Show and then showed up on pay per views. And by the way, when you look back at these retroactively, Zeus comes across like a million bucks because he's also you never he's never talked about again. So you just don't know what the fuck this is. Like if you, I remember being a kid and not knowing what No Holds Barred was and was like, who the fuck is this bad guy? And you know, T- Tiny himself. Like when when was he born? 19 get this 1988 no uh born in 1958 all right so 1958 so you know he's like 30 31 here and he's never been in wrestling he's had some acting roles but no holds barred was his obviously his biggest role his starring role and he's getting so much money like I think he was saying like like the paydays were like low six figure paydays for these events Holy because they were shit. they were the big events and then he didn't have to do any of like the grunt work. Yeah, that's the other thing. And also, he was probably getting a good share because to them he's a star. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. in, in wrestling, like you know, in Hollywood, he probably like he they're probably you know his agency's not validating his parking at the WWE. He's like, you live in Hollywood, get this man a car. Yeah, the WME hates him, but the WWE, he's respected. Yeah. Rahm Emanuel uh, is trying to make him join the Kiss My Ass Club. <laughs> yeah, and so it's this fascinating thing that, yeah, he's at SummerSlam, then he's at Survivor Series where he gets DQ'd, and then he's at... Uh... Well, the other thing is they protect the shit out of him. They protect the yeah. shit out of him. Up until so again, we've accidentally. I've watched the Survivor Series match. He comes across again. They really use him like he's a giant, terrifying threat to Hulk Hogan's legacy in a very fascinating way. Like of all of the bad guys that Hulk Hogan has faced, no one is protected more than Zeus, and that partly is lack of skill as a wrestler. Let's be completely honest. Part of that is I don't know why. Like I can't figure out. What, like if you even look at his Survivor Series match, what is he, he's eliminated, but like he also like he chokes the shit out of Hogan, and they basically use that Survivor Series match to sell the No Holds Barred, the match, the movie, uh, the No One Please Watch This. It's going to be shit. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so amazing too because you know that this was like Vince's inferiority complex of like, well, they didn't like 
this movie and these characters, but you, my fans, will. And even yeah, the fans yeah. were like, I, I guess this is happening. I mean, who do you think went to see that movie, Vince? Like, what do you like? This is again, <laughs> that's another great insight into Vince McMahon. Is Vince McMahon also in his head is thinking that this is going to a different audience. This is appealing to a different, it appealed to a different audience. Now he has to bring it back to his audience as opposed to it's like, no, 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 Vince. Your audience was already watching this, you maniac. <laughs> uh, and then they have the final, they have the match, which is No Holds Bar, where you watch the movie, and then you have the match between Zeus and Hulk Hogan and in a steel cage, which we watched together, which I we can do it backwards, but the biggest takeaway is it's the only time I've seen Hogan drop more than one leg drop in the WWF. He drops three leg drops to pin Zeus in the craziest thing I've ever seen. Consecutively, yeah, and and it, it's crazy because it's like it's hard to remember. Like in '89, you know, a, a VHS, uh, you know, they often came out like nine or twelve months after the film, and they would be like a uh, hundred and five dollars. Like if you wanted to buy a VHS copy of something or rent like it was any, it, yeah. it was like you could buy it for 10 grand or you could rent it. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, and it came out in what June and this was December. So that was early at the time to, to see it, but it's like, also no one wanted to see. It. <laughs> no, it's again, it's again, a classic Vince McMahon move. What's what is no, like we're, I'm a farmer's market. I'm going to sell, packaged sodium filled boiled noodles like none of that is a at a should be at a farmer's market like vincent Wayne would open an arby's at a farmer's market do you know what i'm saying like it's just yeah. like don't do that <laughs> and then so yeah so then he's gone for many years and and when does he come back john this well, is this is your prime of watching before we get this and this is something i learned only in the research he had one match in 1990 against abdullah the butcher at world wrestling council in puerto rico which is insane I was only able to find five minutes of this with someone doing comedy commentary and comedy about wrestling is never funny. No, because wrestling is, is, is art and art should be taken seriously. So basically what happens is that uh, Abdullah the Butcher goes to Puerto Rico and has paid some money to cut Tony Tiny Lister and Tony Tiny Lister. Oh, by the way, they told Abdullah the Butcher that Abdullah did that to Tony's eye because Abdullah was like, or he's not getting on the plane until I know that I've scarred him. And they're like, you did that to his eye, Abdullah. He's like, okay. But more importantly is his WCW run, which is the best, is essentially Tony Tiny Lister got the greatest job ever, which is he walks a little bit down an aisle and is paid a shitload of money. Zero. Um, basically how it worked was this. Um, in a world, where is it? World Championship Wrestling. Go for the thing. Basically what it is is they are built up to this thing called um, the... Um, uh, the alliance to end Hulkamania and the alliance to end Hulkamania uh, was Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and then all of the Dungeon of Doom. And then started to stack it more. And it was basically, this was all in the time period of Hulk Hogan was allowed to direct the booking of WCW as a, as a good guy. So they then could, he could have enough confidence so they would do the NWO angle. That's exactly I was going to say, how is the steroid trial not called the Alliance and Hulkamania? Because it actually did. <laughs> I mean, as it turns out, Gawker is the Alliance and Hulkamania. 
Just a British a British journalist and an American tech entrepreneur shaking hands and going, we'll start a blog. That was the alliance to end Hulkamania. Uh, Hulkamania. Fuck Hulkamania, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, yeah, so it goes to, and it's truly fucking amazing. So you have all of that, and then it's not selling. So this because again, it's Southern wrestling. Hulk Hogan is literally doing like late '80s weird stack the deck things. Ric Flair is also doing some of the best promos ever. So everyone's kind of siding with him. No one gives a fuck about Jimmy Hart, who's joined the Dungeon of Doom. So they keep adding people from Hogan's past that are going to be part of this. Like if you've seen Ready to Rumble, yeah, that cage is from this match. So the three, like the 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 try. The David Arquette cage that Chris Canyon gets thrown off of in the most insensitive Owen Hart tribute is from this fucking match that was a separate ring. They have frying pans at one point. Anyway, to sell it in the go-home Nitro, they have two guys come out, one of whom called Z-Gangster, who is Zeus, Tony Tony Lister Joseph, as does Lugnut from No Holds Barred, (laughs) James Winston, who's originally called what? (laughs) Uh, I I am Jewish. Um, That's why I'm I will, you say it. I know, <laughs> Mazel. Uh, all right, in Israel. I could I, I could actually see Gino Carano getting a chub right now. Uh, <laughs> the final solution. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Ted Turner owned company, and I assume the second he walked out, a phone rang in Ted Turner's office, and he went, "What?" Like he like. Well, to his credit, they they hadn't colorized the triumph in the will yet. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so they quickly change it to his name being the ultimate solution. I actually don't know if final solution ever appeared on television. I just know that that was the original name and then so, like cooler heads, I don't know. If it, it appeared on German television. Yeah, 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 it still does. <laughs> it appears on certain and also certain American news networks. Hello, OAN. The cuck, bo- the cuck review. Anyway, so Z Gangster and Jeep Swenson J- debut as Jim Hart, Jimmy Hart's like heavies going into this match. But literally no one watching knows them because the thing is, is that like only Hulk Hogan remembers Zeus being a problem for him. Like it's the craziest fucking thing. Yeah, and- it's, you know, I mean, Hogan, we know he, he did squash unions and he was an asshole. But man, if you were friendly to him, he'd get you a job. That's such a great point. You know what? He was no friend to the black man in general. But if you were one black man named Tony, he got you paid, didn't he? Twice. More than twice. Like, (laughs) because the thing is, he appears on Nitro, then he appears there. And it was like, the weirdest one is Jeep Swenson. No one is yet to explain to me who the, why the fuck is that guy there? Why the fuck is Bane from Batman and Robin? My Bane, you mean? Fuck Tom Hardy, the people's Bane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Team Jeep. Rest of the review comes down Team Jeep. Yeah, and and also Z Gangsta is after Debo because Friday is ninety five and this is ninety six, so he's already had his most iconic role. Oh and my god! Was... And they don't even bring up like they don't even have him yell something about a bicycle. They don't have him no. walk the ring like riding on a bike, dude. I mean, let's be honest here. If there was one role that Jimmy Hart would have been the best at, it's going, you got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I gotta watch Friday again. <laughs> you forget Friday, Friday, every time I watch Friday and then I watch Clerks, I'm always like, I always remember Clerks being as good as Friday and it is not as good. 
That's just because you live mostly around white people. That's 100% it. It's yeah. In the same, that's... It's, in, it's in the same way you'll really realize there's racism in Hollywood because you just watch one Spike Lee movie and you're like, how is this guy not as big as Quentin Tarantino? Because Quentin Tarantino, none of his movies hold up or as good as this. And they're like, yeah. I, wonder I mean, why. just the fact that, that, that Zeus was pushed more than any... <laughs> black athlete that Vince had in his own company <laughs> that yeah, they, imagine, what, they outsourced an African-American because, well, we just don't have any. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. It's so like the junkyard dog was available for them to have. Like, they could have made him heal if you wanted to have a black guy fight Hulk Hogan, but instead they needed to hire an actor. Basically what it was is Vince McMahon said, I need someone to pretend I'm not racist. And they're like, well, no race, no wrestler is good enough for that. We're going to need to go to Hollywood. <laughs> oh, dude. I just imagine Junkyard Dog as Zeus and I, my, my day's made. I am never surprised that Junkyard Dog was a drug addict. Imagine your first boss is Bill Watts. And then you go, you're like, I got to go to somewhere more liberal. And then you go to the <laughs> WWE and you're just like, Jesus Christ. And then you're like, I'm just gonna go to WCW and 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 literally grab them cakes. Those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? He he was fat when he died. Um, yeah, the junk food dog, which which is I think the closest Meltzer's come to making a joke. I think Meltzer probably thinks that that's his that's his who's on first. Like he tells his wife about that March 11th. <laughs> it's the day I made the junk food dog joke. And she's like, can you just come in me so I could have another child and not see you again for yeah, eight years? Yeah, can you go in your like your shockingly messy office for someone who clearly <laughs> is on the spectrum? Can you please go in that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, I organize my cleaning supplies, but not my papers. Uh, it's funny. You can throw a bunch of uh, old New Japan tapes on the floor, and he could just give the star ratings of them like they're toothpicks. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny? Yeah. Um, Dave Meltzer knows the name of every wrestler who's ever been on a wrestling kingdom cannot name both of his children <laughs> and his kids are fine with it yeah his kids are more than happy to not have to associate with that what they refer to as odd man I, who our dad the guy who's either wearing a shirt and no pants or pants yeah. and no shirt bye dad I'm gonna go play real sports now mm, I sold your beds I sold your beds um, <laughs> So that's the story of Z Gangster. I know you're going, well, what happened to Tony Tiny Lister? Um, I choose to believe that Zeus, by the way, made one more appearance, and that is at the end of The Dark Knight, where he is on the prison boat, and he has now found God, and he saves all the people by throwing the detonator out of the window. He plays the moral soul of Gotham. Yes, he does. And he... I choose to believe that that's Zeus. I choose to believe that that exists in the same universe. Yeah. Oh, that would be wonderful. Yes, that's what I believe. Um, minus the part where he says a coherent sentence. Yeah, no, that wouldn't happen. Also, minus the part that he has not the excellent eyebrows and lovely mustache of Zeus. Um, they shave those off in prison. But and, and he's an ex-convict as Zeus. He kills a guy. Yeah, so, the, yeah, maybe he got tried again. And Yeah, he got tried for... They framed him for Brel's murder at the end of No Holds Barred, and he's doing life in Gotham, baby. Question for you. Let's do do we start with worst ever best of? I'm really happy about this episode. I feel like it, basically this episode should be called uh uh B-level movie actor makes probably a million dollars total from wrestling. Like isn't that really fun that he made more money from wrestling than Ernie the Big Cat Lad, Junkyard Dog, Ahmed Johnson, Ron Simmons, every member of the Nation of Domination minus the Ruach combined? 
Yeah, and and also he worked a ton. Like if you look, I mean, we're we I'm sure that someone's listening and upset that we haven't mentioned some of his great roles, like one of the evil brothers in Little Nicky. Oh yeah, he is one Fascist. of the evil brothers. Obviously. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, he is in. Uh, he's in Jackie Brown. He's in the Players Club. I mean. This guy worked so much from 85 up until, I mean, pretty continuously. And, and, you know, I would honestly say, like, in my mind, he he is the black Danny Trejo. Like, he's a guy that you see, you automatically recognize. His only weakness was that he didn't have his own Robert Rodriguez that was willing to give him that... His machete Robert, starring role. His Robert Rodriguez was Vince McMahon, and that's the <laughs> worst thing. That's the yeah. It's a yeah, man. This guy worked a ton. Yeah, I guarantee. Yeah, left his family some money, and will always be remembered as a guy who hit his metal cased wrists together and went ah. <laughs> uh, worst thing about Zeus, not Tony Tiny Lister, the man. Zeus. Um, he he couldn't wrestle. Like yeah, that, that, that. I think that you could have done more with him. I think that you could have even. And I mean, I'm not you could, saying, have, you, you could have done more with him if you'd maybe had the plan that you were going to use this as part of the marketing. So you spent a year training him to wrestle while you edited your film, as opposed to what clearly happened, which was we got to do something. Get that guy on the phone. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not saying this is a good idea, but you could. It have is an given, idea. You could have given Beefcake the rub. You could have had Beefcake pin Zeus. him because Interesting. they end up having Beefcake beat Mr. Perfect at WrestleMania six, which should have never happened. Um, yeah. But I think that this would have been a better like, you know, t- Toronto WrestleMania, like mid card Beefcake match him against Zeus. That's a fun WrestleMania goofy Gaga bullshit thing. And yeah, you know what? That's a great point. Yeah, that would have been great. The problem is, is he just couldn't wrestle. So you couldn't do it. Uh, and neither could Tiny Lister. <laughs> no. Uh, so, yeah, that's definitely, I agree with you on the worst of. I'm going to say best thing about him is he's one of the few wrestlers that went with the black and silver color scheme. And I always think that that is a quality color scheme, especially for a bad guy or for a good guy. And a very rarely used. Same thing with black and gold. Very rarely used color scheme in wrestling, which I never understand. Yeah, I'm gonna say my my the best thing to me about him is he is the original Pokemon. Like he Explain. only he only said his own name. Zeus. Oh Pikachu. my god! <laughs> That's amazing. His, yes, he's his one phrase was just his name, and he said it a lot. He was awesome, and I mean, the, truly, the best thing about him is you believe. You believe that he was this big badass dude that would that could beat the shit out of you, and you even believed it after the match when all you saw was kind of okay punches. I uh, so much believed it that I legitimately do live my life thinking that he is the guy who is in No Hole in Dark Knight is Zeus. I go, that's the same character. They just lapped it. Oh, that's, I mean, it's totally the same character. It is it's totally. It makes way more sense. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what else makes sense, Mike Lawrence. Yes. And ending the program now. <laughs> I think so. Well, your podcast is? My podcast is Russell Roast. 
and it is on All Things Comedy Network, also on ad-free shows. And um, me, Dan St. Germain, Scott Chaplin, and Robert Karpelis, uh, we roast wrestlers and talk about what's happening in the world of wrestling. It's a wonderful program that I enjoy being subscribed to and listening to. <laughs> uh, and you can, of course, check me on Twitch, uh, John Hastings Comedy. Uh, go to all the social medias, tweet at us, subscribe if you like the show. Thank you so much for being here, Mike. Next week, Mike, who are we discussing? We are discussing the absolute reverse of Zeus, a guy who spent many years in wrestling, worked really hard, and doesn't have yeah. nearly half the recognition, uh, and that is Butch Reed. Didn't even die of natural causes. That's the sad thing about the natural Butch Reed. Okay? <laughs> he did. It was two heart attacks and COVID. It was cold. Yeah, what about that is natural? Fucking choking out on your own phlegm because of a bat? What in the hell? What in the heck I say? <laughs> Those men that stormed uh, the Capitol on the 6th at a point. My name is John Proudboy Hastings. That is Mike Cucklords. And we're welcome to the alt-right review. Just kidding. Cuckoo-doodle-doo! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, what a program. What a time. I'm going to go ice my shoulder before we record the Butch Reed episode. I love you all. See you next week.